everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today for CCK's on-air recording. My name is Maura Black. I'm joined today by Nicholas Briggs and Mike Lestrito. We're all from CCK, and today we're going to be discussing new presumptive respiratory conditions that have been linked to particulate matter exposure. So this is a new, newer topic. Um, we have a lot of resources on our website, cck-law.com, concerning some of the topics that we're going to be talking about today, generally service connection, um, Persian Gulf War exposures. But today we wanted to specifically set aside some time to talk about the new presumptive conditions that VA has added to its list, uh, recognizing that there are certain illnesses that are presumptively associated with particulate matter exposure. So VA announced these new presumptive conditions on, on August 2nd, and the three conditions that have been presumptively linked to particulate matter exposure are chronic asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis. Um, veterans who developed one of these conditions within 10 years of a qualifying period of service in Southwest Asia or other certain areas can now have their disability claims process under this new presumption. So this is a really important discussion um, that we wanna have with you all. We're gonna be posting some other materials um, if there's a comments feed associated with this video or this recording. So please feel free to check out those references. Um, let's first start by defining what a presumption is. I think that's an important place to start because this can be a kind of a technical legal topic. But when we, when we talk about a presumption of service connection or a presumption um, sometimes of exposure, that topic might come up today. We're talking about an assumption that VA will make that the facts are there to substantiate that link. So for instance, if a veteran develops a disability and also has in-service exposure to some particular thing and VA recognizes a presumption between that exposure and the disability that the veteran has, then the veteran doesn't need to go on to prove that the disability that they have was caused by that exposure. It will simply be presumed. So it's a part of the law that takes over the whole nexus piece of things when we think about the elements of service connection. So having a presumption in place makes it much easier for veterans to win their disability benefits claims. So these presumptions um, are really important to be thinking about if you do have any of those three qualifying conditions, which again are chronic asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis. Um, so Nick, I wanna go over to you. Um, now that we've kind of defined what the presumption term means, can we also get some foundational information about what particulate matter pollution is and what kind of in-service exposure we're gonna be talking about and thinking about today? Absolutely. So when we talk about particulate matter, we talk about a mixture of tiny toxic particles or droplets. Um, these can be things such as dust, dirt, smoke, or soot um, that is polluting the air. Um, some of these particles are visible to the human eye. Uh, while others are so small that you can only see them with an electron microscope. Uh, particulate matter generally forms in the atmosphere following a complex reaction of different pollutants, such as sulfur dioxide or nitrogen oxides. Um, and if inhaled, these, these particulate matter can burrow deep into the lungs and even infiltrate the bloodstream, which can lead to serious health effects. And so how is particulate matter exposure or particulate matter pollution an issue that affects our veterans? It's one of the main exposures that many of our modern day veterans have been exposed to during their service in Southwest Asia in particular. Uh, beginning in the early 1990s through to recently, um, veterans were likely exposed to dust, sandstorms, and other environmental hazards containing the sort of particulate matter that we talked about above. 
So these veterans in these areas were forced to breathe in these toxic fumes for extended periods of time. And as a result, many of them are suffering from different illnesses and disabilities of which asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis are now recognized to be related to. So Mike, as Nick mentioned, this is one of the major types of contaminants or exposures that our modern day veterans have experienced. Can you talk about the link or the association between particulate matter pollution and burn pits? Because we know that burn pits are a major issue. We've been seeing a lot about um, burn pit pollution and toxic exposures as due to burn pit exposure in the news lately with Congress working on some legislation that could cover um, certain types of burn pit exposures, maybe with some more presumptions in the future, not to get ahead of ourselves, but can you talk about kind of how the particulate matter um, issue is linked with the burn pits issue? Sure, uh, thanks, Maura. And, and the common question that I've received, I think we've received um, collectively is, you know, is this stuff related to burn pits, just quite simply? And I think the short answer is, is yes. Um, a portion of particulate matter pollution may have in fact caused, uh, been caused by US military burn pits. Um, that's the short answer. And so, you know, I think just taking a step back, what is an open air burn pit? Um, these really are large areas of land that were used as a method of waste disposal on American bases in Iraq and Afghanistan, primarily post the 9-11 era. So after, you know, September 11th, 2001. Um, and this was really a method for um, our service members to dispose of huge amounts of toxic and other waste. Um, the waste would be incinerated in these burn pits. Some of them could be smaller. Some of them could be as large as maybe a football field from what I've heard. Um, so they really could range in size. Uh, but essentially, they all um, have now been found to emit certain, or at the time were emitting plumes of toxic smoke. And we're finding that this smoke, in fact, was toxic um, and contained particulate matter, as we're discussing today, um, and other dangerous toxins. Um, and so just to give our viewers kind of a, a reference as to what was burned in these burn pits, it really ranged the gamut from human and medical waste to plastics, rubber, aluminum, um, paint, petroleum, uh, toxic chemicals, and even ammunition. Um, <clears throat> so as you can see, really just about anything and everything could have been burned um, in these burn pits, resulting in what we now know to be this particulate matter um, pollution uh, that unfortunately our service members uh, inhaled as uh, you know they were um, around the plumes of toxic smoke that were emitted from these sometimes rather large burn pits. Thanks, Mike. That's really helpful background information. I think a lot of people have a good sense of just the fact that burn pit exposure is very harmful, um, really takes a toll on human health. But hearing the list of things that were burned in burn pits, the list of things that had no other way to be disposed of by service members um, in, on bases overseas, and just the fact that those items were burned and all of the uh, residual particles from those items are blown into the air, being breathed in. This is a really serious health hazard. And um, we're going to talk in a minute about how it's a really big deal that these three conditions that have been added as presumptives, um, that VA has finally recognized that those conditions can result from the harmful health effects that result from particulate matter exposure, especially burn pit exposure. It's 
of course, a shame. I don't think I need to say it that it's taken this long. It's 2021. And we're just finally getting around to recognizing a nexus between the in-service exposures that we know were so harmful to so many of our service members and the disabilities that they developed. Um, because the, the burn pit issue is a really, really serious one. I don't, I don't need to tell a lot of our viewers that they've lived it, they know it, they've been, you know, reading the articles and keeping up to date on the science. But just an aside, um, as I said before, it's 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 great that we now have. VA's recognition that chronic asthma, sinusitis, and rhinitis are presumptively associated with particulate matter exposure. It's a big step in the right direction. Of course, these are the first conditions being presumptively associated with particulate matter exposure. So they're the only three on the list right now. Um, folks that have dealt with claims for herbicide exposure issues know that there um, was a list for herbicide exposure, a big issue for Vietnam era veterans who served in the Republic of Vietnam. Um, and that list continued to grow over the years. So we're hoping that the same happens with this list. Um, it's certainly something that our office is pushing and fighting for uh, because we know that there are conditions other than these three. Again, I'm gonna name them just because it's kind of the whole point of today's discussion, making sure everyone's aware that it's chronic asthma, rhinitis and sinusitis that have been um, added to this now finally existing list. Um, and we're hoping that more conditions are added in the future. Just because a presumption may not be available for a disability that a person may have that they believe is related to particulate matter exposure does not stop a person or a veteran from filing a claim for that condition. It's important that we recognize that the presumption just works to take away the element of nexus that veterans otherwise have to prove if they have a disability that they wanna demonstrate is related to their service. So this presumption means that they don't have to show that link, that the science or the medicine presumes a link and the law presumes a link, um, but there's still a pathway for direct service connection or for other avenues of service connection for other conditions that we'll get into a little bit later. Um, before we go there, Nick, can you talk to us a little bit about how a veteran who may have these three conditions or one of them that have been added to this list can go about obtaining presumptive service connection? So up to this point, we've talked a bit about how the presumption removes the need for the veteran to establish medical nexus, um, but there are still factors they need to establish just like they would in any other service connection claim. Uh, first, you need to be able to establish that you were in one of the areas where the presumption applies. So in this particular case, any veterans who served in Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, Syria, or Djibouti between September 19th, 2001 and the present day are eligible for the presumption as well as any veterans who served in the Southwest Asia theater of operations between August 2nd, 1990 and the present day. Uh, the Southwest Asia theater includes locations such as Iraq, Qatar, and the Persian Gulf, um, and the full list of countries considered to be a part of the Southwest Asia theater can be found on our blog. Um, in addition to demonstrating your presence in these areas, you also need to show a diagnosis of either chronic asthma, rhinitis, or sinusitis, within 10 years of your qualifying period of service. And go ahead, and, Nick, sorry. Just if you meet these qualifications, the best thing that you can do right now is to file a claim. Um, if it's the first time that you're doing it, you should file a VA form 21-526-EZ. Um, and if you're reapplying because you've applied and been denied in the past, you should submit a VA form 20-0995 for a supplemental claim. Great. 
Thanks, Nick. Sorry to interrupt you there. Um, I want to jump over to Mike because, again, we want to reiterate for folks that um, that's great advice from Nick about making sure that if you do have one of these conditions and you haven't filed a claim before and you may be able to avail yourself of the new presumption, it's important to file a claim as soon as possible, preserve an effective date for benefits. But if you don't have one of these conditions, we don't want to um, forget about those who are dealing with disabilities that are not on this new list. So Mike, can you talk to us a little bit about what might be in store for people who've got different conditions that may be due to particulate matter exposure and any advice you may have for, um, for people that kind of fit into that group and are maybe feeling right now like these presumptions may not help them a whole lot or affect their um, claims if they've got any going. Yeah, the good news is that even for veterans who do not have uh, sinusitis, rhinitis, chronic asthma, um, VA has now kind of set up an internal process to continuously evaluate respiratory conditions that might be linked to particulate matter. Um, so earlier this year, May 27th, the Secretary of Veterans Affairs stated that, you know, just that, that VA would consider adding respiratory conditions to this list of presumptive chronic conditions as time progresses and as additional medical evidence uh, comes to light. Um, so I think it's just important for our viewers to, to remember that adding asthma, rhinitis, sinusitis, again, to the presumptive list really just serves as the, the first recommendation, um, the first group of conditions that have now been added to this presumption. Um, VA has formed its own, like I mentioned, its own internal process um, that really does intend to support future rulemaking based on scientific evidence as it is developed. Uh, to hopefully add additional conditions down the road. Um, so moving forward, uh, you know, VA plans to continue the internal research that it's been doing. Um, and, you know, as additional toxic exposure conditions um, are supported by the medical evidence to the extent they're not already, um, that list is expected to continue to grow. Um, in fact, there are several bills as we speak kind of winding their way through Congress um, that are uh, aimed at adding additional presumptive conditions to this list. Um, but all hope is not lost, even um, if those additional conditions are not ultimately added to the presumptive list, uh, because veterans with you know, additional respiratory or other um, illnesses or conditions that result from particulate matter exposure can nevertheless have those conditions service-connected, um, even if it's not presumptively found to be service connected by VA, um, veterans can always establish service connection for these conditions on what's known as a direct basis. So uh, a veteran would have to meet through evidence um, the traditional elements of meeting service connection. So you know, show that the veteran has a current diagnosis. Um, you know, show that you know the veteran was in fact uh, exposed to particulate matter during their service. And then number three, assuming these conditions aren't presumptive, they would need some sort of medical evidence that links their diagnosis with their exposure to particulate matter. And so again, as I said, all hope is not necessarily lost for other conditions beyond the three that have been identified here and added to the presumptive list, even if those conditions aren't ultimately added uh, to the list in the future. Um, but again, the good news is that VA has established this internal process to continue um, uh, to look into these additional, you know, um, issues and, and diseases, 
develop scientific evidence um, to hopefully add some additional presumptive conditions in the future. Great, thanks, Mike. And it's good to know that <clears throat> it's not just a matter of VA having its own internal procedures set up. As you mentioned, uh, this definitely does pave the way for the addition of future conditions to the presumptive list down the road. Um, but I think that if I were a veteran filing claims and appeals, um, especially if I had been at it for some years, I don't think I would develop any more optimism by hearing that VA was going to do some internal research um, about these issues. As we mentioned before, it's just been a very long time uh, to get here. I think people are really feeling like, uh, sure, this may be a step in the right direction, but it's definitely not enough based on how harmful we know particulate matter exposure is. So as you mentioned, Mike, it's also good to know that there are several pieces of legislation that are still before Congress. Um, I, we, we've, we've given a status on those previously. I'm sure that there are changes. So we encourage everyone to stay up to date um, and we'll provide more information if we find out about anything definitive happening. Um, but it will be important to watch to see what Congress does with those because there are, are different comprehensive exposure bills that are pending that are gonna be able to have um, even more of an impact in this, in this area. So that's definitely going to be critical to see what happens, aside from VA's assurance, of course, that it will do its own internal research and, and whatever it says that it's doing. But um, we just know that not to be something that we want to hold our breath for. Um, so as you mentioned, Mike, also um, anyone who's thinking about filing a claim or is working on a claim for a condition that's not one of these three that's been added to the list, you want to be thinking about developing evidence for your claim that satisfies just generally the three elements of service connection. I think Mike went over these in, in good detail. Um, I think it bears repeating though, and we do have a lot of information on our blog, our website about this topic. You wanna make sure that you have evidence of a current disability. So you wanna be telling VA what kind of issue you have, what medical issue you have that you're seeking benefits for. You wanna be able to show that you were exposed in service. Nick provided some really helpful information earlier about dates and locations, and those should all appear on our blog and our website as well. If you're looking for some specifics about your uh, about whether your period of service and place of service qualifies. And then finally, it's very, very helpful to have that medical nexus evidence of a link between your claim disability and your in-service exposures. Those are the three elements and the three avenues of evidence that you want to have to support your claim and appeal because those are the things that VA is going to be evaluating in deciding whether to grant benefits. Um, so I think just some practical tips um, would be to make sure that your evidence or the development that you've got supports those three elements of service connection if you are filing a claim or appeal for something not on this list. And as uh, Mike mentioned earlier, definitely keep an eye out to see what is going on with the legislation and just to see if there are gonna be any future updates um, because we are hoping that this list is continually growing and progressing and not something that is stalling out um, with the addition of these three conditions, which is great. Again, it's great progress, but we definitely wanna see more. Um, Nick and Mike, do you have any final closing thoughts or advice for, for our viewers today? I'll just add that, and I, I think you you touched on this more, but again, I, I think it does bear repeating. Um, for conditions that are not on this list, um, medical evidence is going to be really critical for veterans to obtain, whether that be um, 
you know, opinion, if at all possible, from a treating provider that links their condition to the exposure to particulate matter, or in, you know, if a veteran is represented um, by, uh, you know, an accredited agent or an accredited attorney um, or by some other entity, um, you know, getting medical opinions that can link their condition to their exposure is really also uh, very important to, to establishing this. Um, so the, the presumptions are terrific and it's a big step forward, but obviously there are only three conditions that the presumption covers. Um, and we know from experience and, and from representing veterans that uh, the, the types of respiratory and, and non-respiratory conditions that are related to uh, particulate matter really um, is, is quite more extensive than that. So again, just would encourage veterans to file those claims if they, if they feel that they should for these conditions that are non-presumptive um, and do their best to develop medical evidence that links the condition. That's going to be really critical in these cases. Um, one other point to mention is that at least in the initial development stages of their, these claims, VA's duty to assist does still apply. So they're gonna recognize your exposure to particulate matter if you served in one of the applicable areas. Um, and ultimately, if there's a question of whether or not there's medical nexus between your diagnosis and your exposure, that's something they're gonna to need to get a VA examination for. So obviously VA examinations come with their own set of problems. So you should continue to look for outside medical evidence whenever possible, but VA will at least need to take that initial step to see if a VA examiner can link your condition to your particulate matter exposure. Great, thank you both so much. Those are really helpful points. We hope that this information was helpful to you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube to be able to get access to up-to-date videos. Um, we do a lot of these. Again, we do post them to our website and other resources to our blog, all to be found at cck-law.com. So we hope that either this is helping you or you're finding other resources that we can provide that help you out. Uh, thank you all again for tuning in and we hope to see you next time.